Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello and welcome to the second installment of our podcast mini-series, which outlines our key investment views and how investors should be positioned going into 2024. My name is Steve, and I have with me today Daniel Lam, our Head of Equity Strategy based in Hong Kong, and Fukian Yap, a Senior Investment Strategist and the Chair of our Sector Investment Committee based with me here in Singapore. We've just released our 2024 outlook, Sailing with the Wind, and today we will cover our views on the outlook for equity markets as we enter next year. Thanks to both Daniel and Fukien for joining us today. So let, let's start, Daniel, with you uh, and with the broader picture, picture on equities. So are we likely to see the bright prospects for equities in 2024? Thanks, Steve. In a nutshell, the answer is yes. We upgraded equities in overweight, mainly because of the increasing narrative of a soft landing in the US and also in other major economies. So at least in the first half of next year, we are likely to see a potential manufacturing rebound, which can help the overall economy. And also, we believe that inflation is likely to come to a uh, turning point in the middle of the year when it will be less of a challenge and signs of weakness in the economy becomes more prominent, causing the Fed to start a rate cutting cycle. Yeah, and I guess the Fed actually surprised people this week in terms of moving moving that process a little bit further forward. So um, maybe in terms of your favorite regions, can you give us a sense of your thoughts there? Yeah, so we're overweight two regions. The first one is US, because we believe that a technology sector rebound and delayed economic slowdown are likely to support corporate earnings for the coming year. And we're expecting potential interest rate cut from the Fed which can lend tailwind to growth stocks because it alleviates the impact on discounted future earnings. And many investors believe that U.S. equities could be expensive, but then we believe the high ROE levels are justifying this valuation premium. And the other region we like is Japan. Uh, Corporate liquidity positions remain very strong. 43% of Japanese companies are net cash positive, i.e. the cash exceed the debt. And that's significantly higher than other developed markets. And we have seen corporate reform initiatives in Japan, and we're likely to see more, which can boost company valuations. And of course, there's robust cash savings amongst local citizens and the reform of the Nippon Individual Savings Account. And that is likely to intensify domestic investment and also fund flow. The one downside for Japanese equities is the risk of a stronger yen, and that could be a headwind to corporate earnings. So therefore, we believe Japan equity investments should not be on a currency hedge basis. Okay, so overweight the US and, and Japan. What about Asia X Japan? Obviously, this is a key thing from, from our clients' perspective. So thoughts on the region and then on individual countries? Yes, yeah, so overall, we have a neutral weighting on Asia X Japan equities. So on the positive side, A 12-month forward EPS growth in the region is the highest amongst the major regions. And diverging monetary policies between EM and DMs and some potential weakness in the US dollar next year is likely to support fund inflow. Uh, But of course, we do see some headwind, including slowing global growth and poor investor sentiment to weigh on the market in 2024. Now, uh, into individual countries, 
we have an overweight in Korean equities within the region because that reflects our expectations of a rebound in earnings growth next year. And that's mainly driven by a turnaround in the semiconductor industry. Uh, Variation itself significantly moderated from extreme levels back in Q2 this year, and that provides a more attractive entry opportunity. Now, in terms of Chinese equities, investor positioning is very bearish and valuation is extremely cheap. But of course, we are facing some structural headwind, including the property market downturn and demographics. Um, any upside policy surprises, you know, that could trigger some normalization in the investor sentiment. Uh, within China, we are actually neutral between onshore equities and offshore counterparts. And finally, the other key market uh, in Asia is Japan is India. We are neutral in India. Uh, there's strong EPS growth and is also relatively insulated from China comparing to the EM peers. They are supportive factors. But of course, the valuation is quite expensive. Um, the 12.4 PE is around 21 times, and that is elevated in both absolute and relative terms. Okay, um, thanks, Daniel, for for the sort of regional overview. Um, Fukien, let's maybe turn to you and look at equity sectors. Um, so, how do you approach this from a sector perspective across both developed markets? Well, maybe start with developed markets. Yeah, thanks, Steve. So we are taking a barbell strategy uh, with regards to developed markets like the US and Europe. Uh, what this means is that we prefer to have a secular growth exposure balanced uh, by a defensive sector. Uh, Meanwhile, in China, uh, we would buy consumption-oriented sectors uh, such as communication services, consumer discretionary, and technology. Okay, so let's dig into the US first. Um, Obviously, Daniel mentioned this is a favoured region. So so you talk about this barbell strategy. How does that play out in, in terms of the US? Yeah, our view in the U.S. is to buy uh, technology and communication services uh, for resilient growth. And along with that, healthcare uh, to balance out the risk of a growth slowdown. Uh, so technology is likely to see an earnings rebound in 2024 uh, following muted growth uh, in 2023. Now, this growth is likely to be driven by a turnaround in the semiconductor industry. You've got recurring revenue streams in software companies and AI investments as well. Uh, lower bond yields and higher returns on equity will support high valuations in the sector, in our view. Uh, communication services, they also benefit from lower bond yields and a strong earnings momentum. Uh, sector valuations here remain below its historical average. And then healthcare uh, is our preferred defensive exposure to balance out the still elevated risk of a US recession, we feel. Uh, healthcare earnings in 2024 should rebound from a weak 2023 uh, with tailwinds from obesity, diabetes, and oncology products. Okay, and so you mentioned the barbell strategy as well in, in Europe. Uh, does that play out very similarly uh, versus the US? Yeah, it's very similar in Europe. Uh, we are overweight technology, which you see offering the highest earnings growth uh, this year and in 2024. Uh, over 50% of the technology sector there comprises semiconductor companies, and they are likely to benefit from AI investments and unprecedented equipment demand in China. On the other end of the barbell, we are overweight healthcare uh, to provide defensive exposure in a weak growth scenario. Uh, drug prices in the sector, they've lagged inflation the past year, but it is catching up now, which is supportive of profit margins in the sector. 
Okay, and, and finally, let's let's talk about China. I, I guess you know, as we heard, you know, from from Daniel, you know, very very cheap, um, and maybe some stabilization and growth coming forward as well, um, but still concerns over the longer term outlook. But from a sector perspective, how do you play China? Yeah, our view is to buy uh, three sectors in China. Uh, so historically, the dispersion of stock returns in China has been high, uh, which points to attractive opportunities in sector selection. Uh, so firstly, we like communication services, uh, which is dominated by media and entertainment companies uh, that would benefit from greater consumer spending and a further monetization opportunities in the internet platforms. And secondly, a consumer discretionary would also benefit from policymakers' a priority of boosting domestic consumption and China's cross-border e-commerce uh, that is gaining traction. And uh, thirdly, we upgraded technology in China to a buy uh, as the earnings cut in the tech hardware over the past two years, it could reverse in 2024 from restocking. So we see volume growth for tech products supporting the sector. Okay, um, thank you, Daniel and Fukien, for, for joining us today and taking the time to outline our key market views as we head into 2024. And unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. Thank you, listener, also for joining us. You can find a copy of our 2024 Outlook Report, Sailing with the Wind, at the link in the description. Alternatively, you'll be able to find it on our Standard Chartered Wealth Insights pages on either Facebook or LinkedIn. On Tuesday, I will be joined by Manpreet Gill to talk about the outlook for bond and currency markets in more detail. I look forward to talking to you all again then. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details, visit Market Views on the go on our website or click the link in the description.